Hello everybody and welcome to the Real Ill Show, where we keep it real for you. Yeah. Welcome back to your favorite podcast about working out. Well, it's not about working out, but today's one is kind of about working out. And it's it's the end of the year. It's, well, season two of the show now. I unofficially decided to have the show split into 10 episode season. So season two, episode two. And this one, we're going to talk about fighting, um, both physical and mental fighting, the fight about life, the fight in life. And on the show today, we have a professional MMA athlete, Mr. Myro. I'm not going to say his full name because um, it's, you know, <laughs> Slavic name. it's a Slavic name. So he's known as Myro. He lives in London now. I have had the great pleasure an absolute honor to know Myro for about 21 years now. Me and Myro go way back. Um, he's extremely knowledgeable about fighting anything that has to do with the human body and mind when it comes to preparing yourself for a fight or being uh, physically and mentally fit. And we're going to have him on the show today to talk about fighting, how he became a fighter, what are the challenges of being a fighter, what's it like being a fighter, training, mentality, stories, all kind of stuff. So today's going to be a chill-ass podcast, um, nothing serious, but I think we're going to have some interesting stories. Welcome to the show, Myro. Good to have you here, bro. Thank you, Emo. Hello, guys. Nice to hear you here. It's a real pleasure. It's a real admiration, you know, to be here with you this night. So, yeah, basically, we're going to talk about... Uh, my lifetime stories and what I've basically what I've taught myself during you know my life path and first of all I want to start when I was really little I was a little fucking kid you know I was really uh, I was really creative and that was kind of pissing out of other kids which you know they were trying to pick up on me to pull you up on me on you know stuff like that which you know for a character like me I couldn't bear it and I knew that I had to do something about the problem you know about the entire process I needed to know to know more you know because if you're not educated about a certain problem you cannot solve it so uh, I was eighth grade and a lot of kids from my class was picking up on me. And there was one certain mo moment when I couldn't, you know, bear it more, no more. And I started fighting everybody. In a matter of one month, I've beat the shit out of everybody in the class. <laughs> After two months, I succeeded. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, basically, you know, I couldn't bear it. It's, it was like, um, cure be cute. You know, and I don't think he would be killed or be killed, but okay. Yeah, that's the truth, bro. That's, that's, a, that's truth. a hardcore shit for eighth graders, bro. Kill or be killed. Yeah, these kids, the you know, that, man. these kids, they can fuck you up. They don't give a fuck, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree that it's funny, but the thing is that um, when you put yourself in the certain view of the bullied person, it's the film is not like that. It's not funny. Because you're feeling pressured and uh, you uh, you cannot share it to your par with your parents 
because if it's a, it's a kind of a shame if you, they go in your in your school they speak with the teacher the speaker teach, teaches uh, speaks in front of everybody it's kind of a shameful thing for you so you need to solve that problem with yourself you know on your own so basically when like i said it when you're creative when you're different they always try to pick up on you because the always the eyes are on you always when you're different so basically that was it i've beaten the shit out of everybody but i knew that you know that wasn't enough because i had some kind of a control over the situation but not entire control you know to be entirely calm during the whole situation the entire process why am i doing that that how am i doing that in order you know not to get hurt in order the other guy even not to get hurt you know in a deadly way or something and yet again uh, with the time with the process you're building in in your side discipline right wait, wait, wait so when you were eighth grade how old are you like 10 12 uh let's see nah, i am maybe like 14 14, 14. 14. okay 14. okay so 14. you so 14 you're bullied at school and you, at one point you were just like fuck this shit i'm just yeah. gonna fight back yeah so what was your experience with like did you, were you did you know how to fight before before that point when you were 14 did you train anything did, did you do any athletics because i remember when we were kids like you always used to do crazy shit like stunts and shit like you would jump from high places ride a bike on one wheel and shit but i've never i don't remember you fighting well especially yeah i was a wild wild kid you, true true you're right about that one but the thing is that about fighting before that well i was a, i was the first hitter every time okay okay but how was there you, you never fought before before that before well uh, i had fights you know i had a pretty good right one a, a pretty good a pretty good right hook and yeah. it was a slammer training. no training yeah. without no training. training you know i was just picking up people i was slamming them from the ground or i was just hitting them with the right hand so okay so you had the you had the, the knowledge and the, the power before you went on your killing not, streak your... let's not say knowledge but let's say that natural instincts natural instincts so how how did your when you when you got bullied and you stood up and you start fighting people how was your first fight going like did you dominate people or did you have trouble or was it different every time well basically my first fight was with one of my best friends when i was first grade and afterwards every year we had we had a fight between each other although that we were best friends every year we had a fight and you know each one of us was winning you know around every year until you know the last years I, i've you know started you know preventing every year <laughs> so so did you so did you enjoy the feeling like fighting uh, the process not exactly the thing was that it was more like of the moral line it not was it was it was never like i want to beat the shit out of that guy because i because i don't like him or whatever it was just wanted the bullying to stop mm, yeah as well but as well to punish the guy in order to prevent the stress 
to happen to somebody else who is not capable enough like me to defend himself you know in order to be how many how many how many guys did you have to beat up before before the bullying was over like when when did they get the message oh, bro, that you don't you're not to shit. fuck with bro you don't count this shit like you, whoever is just standing in front of you you know you're just beating the shit out of him you know so everybody can understand what's your point that's it <laughs> that's it like i said it it's a it's a moral line it's not like how many people you had to beat it it was uh two three or four from my class and a couple a couple of guys from the other class okay so did you actually win every fight or you just stood up against those people well it it was always you know a brawl it never had you know a final end but the thing was the, the thing was that i was always engaging first always and you know that was a major you know a major part of me winning the war mentally you know because if you stand for yourself for your rights for who you are you know and in the end of the day you will be recognized even if you're losing you stand about yourself right so when did you start training was it after you had your uh, revenge quest well it was basically one year after one year after yeah i've changed schools i started uh, literally on the next school ne next to us you remember we were <laughs> two classrooms away from each other <laughs> yeah yeah uh so that's when you really hit your training up yeah exactly then i've heard that uh, my coach then he came there and he started a gym and i didn't know a lot about him i've went there you know we've started a couple of sessions warm-ups you know some just basic stuff you know, you know he was just giving us a try we were only a kid we were only kids we were 15 16 years old also uh the thing is that he started you know really soft he started with he started with the basic training he started with the conditioning training without you know heavy diets without uh, the old school punishment punishment way of you know teaching the people because the punishment like, way was the punishment way of teaching well the old school way of pe of teaching people is like harassing them like telling them that they cannot go no more so they can show up a character like so you they tease can them. pardon you tease them like you fuck with them you go you should you yeah you don't have anyone so, world you yeah so that so the in, so they get in angry and go way, like fuck you i have get it. angry they need to f just say mentally fuck you so they need to you know uh show you that you're not right yeah that's the old school way then but basically do you think that's now, do you think that's effective no in these times it's not it's well, not because people are softer people nah nah let's 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 not say that people are softer their brains are working in a different manner in a different way okay uh in in these days people like to adore them to applaud them to embrace them so basically whenever they succeed embrace them show them that they've succeeded in that way their brain is going to process it in a positive way so they're going to repeat it 
that's the best way how to teach people. In every type, in every type, it's it's not about even martial arts. It's about studying. It's about it's about every type of you know development, studying or whatever. That's the way how how to approach if you want to develop somebody, embrace him. Okay, so you you got your coach, and then he didn't teach you the old school method of. No, he was embracing us. You know, he was uh, very stru- strategic in you know the development as well because our bodies were were developing. We were teenagers, so he was very strict about how we were doing weights, how we were doing special trainings, how um, these things were. You know, uh, you know uh, how are they attracting? some other things to our characters you know how are you know uh, we were feeling after you know heavy trainings after heavy competitions after you know uh, hard developments and stuff like that he taught us really well he taught us to think really high really hard and you know whenever it, whenever you you think high enough and hard enough that's enough to break down mountains. So yeah, afterwards uh, we've moved to another gym which was closer in my town. And then, you know, basically I was training just to defend myself by then. And one day my coach uh, just offered me, hey, do you want to go to a competition? You know, it's not going to be something serious. We're going to, you know, train for a couple of, couple of months. We're going to go. We're going to give it a try. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, why not? You know, we're going to go. We're going to train. Why not? You know, I was ninth grade back then. So why, why shouldn't you try, you know? So, yeah, we've trained and we've uh, went to the city Starzagora. It's a nice place. In the, it's in the middle of Bulgaria. Really nice women, though. Uh, and, yeah, the competition was really serious. You know, the categories were, you know, they were having a lot of fights. My category had 10 people, so that makes it something like three or you know four fights with the with the final uh i've started fighting in the fir- in in my first fights yeah if you want you can check it out in youtube i'm gonna give you a link whoever is you know interested who can pm me or whatever um in the first fight i've won by points points but by totally wrecked the kit you know I was countering him, countering uh, constantly. It was, you know, it was a cool fight. Afterwards, the second one, uh, the second one, I've, uh, the second guy just went in a, on a tank down, and I've just gave him the knee between the eyebrows, and you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a nice scene. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, you know, it was a nice, it was, it were nice fights. The final was really heavy and then I became a national champion. And then the interesting parts, parts became because, you know, it became like an obsession, you know, to feel good, to feel like a champion, to eat properly, to develop your skills, you know, to see how 
every plus is you know adjusting to yourself and you you feel better and better and better in every way also on the other hand mentally i had a family problem my dad was dying slowly and i couldn't do nothing about it so basically that was something like a mental escape for me so basically mainly i think that thank thanks for that i'm the person who i am today you know because i was it was really easy you know to jump to drink alcohol you know to you know all these different paths which were you, you know not the positive not the best thing so basically yeah i've continued training with with the with the preceding year, years my father's disease continued as i was getting better inside the gym my father was getting iller in iller unfortunately that's life so yeah so that was a, that was that was a way to escape and get stronger mentally too so after you became after you became um, a national champion how old were you then 16 16 how did becoming a national champion affect your ego like were you more like did it, did it change your anything you right because like becoming a champion from from being a I'm just thinking it in a way you were a guy that got bullied and then uh, people picked on you and made you feel like shit that that probably had some effect on your ego then you had like your revenge bloodbath massacre then you found this guy with the gym who was training you went to a tournament for shits and gigs ended up becoming national champion how was your personality developing at that time i'm going to be honest with you um there was always a guy who was next to me who was always you know showing me sort of a way the right path his name is vadi vadi pavlov he was always next to me and you know together we was all, we were always dissolving the bullshit with the real stuff so let's say it in that way like when i became a national champion my coach you know he was like miro congratulations you know you've became a national champion blah 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 and stuff and you know then okay i've realized it but yet again after two days you know i was back in my hometown and i was going to have an interview with you know a reporter back from the home newspaper and you know he asked me a question Miro, now you're 26. How do you imagine yourself after uh, uh now he he said uh, 16, sorry. And he said, "How do you imagine yourself after 10 years?" And I was like, "Okay, so I'm 16. I imagine myself as 26." <laughs> okay. And you know, I wasn't taking seriously really the things uh you know i was accepting the things as a, the thing as a joke i was uh, literally more attracted to the pluses which were giving me mentally and physically you know because i was teaching myself constantly new things new movements as well as you know i was you know 
uh, you know, fired by that feeling. I was able, you know, to adjust myself in a pretty good place mentally around my surrounding with the people, with, in my social, you know, surrounding. So it was really helpful. It was really nice and I really needed it, needed it in that moment because probably I was going to be a wreckage, probably. So, <clears throat> how so you became national champion and was just thinking about what the timeline is. So you were 16 at the time. How did you proceed? Like, did you, how was your, did you set up a new goal after becoming a national champion? Because you, you went to the tournament, but you didn't really expect, like, you didn't really go in with much of a goal for anything specific. Like, your coach was, there's a tournament, we should go and give it a try. Um, did you aim for something higher after that and did it change your training? Well, like I've told it, it became an obsession. Okay. Uh, afterwards, a, com a rain of competition started. You know, a in a couple of years or two or three years, you know, I was com constantly competing. Jiu-Jitsu, grappling, boxing, Sanda, that's a, that's a discipline of kickboxing with throws. Uh, you know, I was constantly competing everywhere. I was constantly developing the gym back in Bulgaria, uh, back in my hometown, Kustendil, while I was going on Sofia during the weekends as well. The interesting part there was that, you know, I was so fired up and wanted so much, you know, to go to the capital in order to train, in order to bring some new stuff in the gym because by then, my coach had to leave my hometown and he had to go on, on, a, on another place, you know, to train, to work on, the, on a different place. So uh, I had, you know, the bourbon of the gym on my shoulders. So I had to go every weekend in the capital to get more skills, to train with other people. So in order like, I can uh, develop the gym then, in in my hometown i wasn't i was driving the car but i didn't have a driving license because i was 16. that's the period from 16 to 18. so yeah basically i was uh, bending the law in a way in order so i can train i think it's not bending i think it's breaking the law it's outright breaking it but it's not a crime if, if they don't catch her right yeah that's how <clears throat> I accept it in a different way. I accept myself as a renegade, a person who has his own rules. <laughs> okay. Um, so, how? Right. You you you've trained in MMA, and that that's that's what you like the most. Um, MMA is a pretty complicated. It's it's obviously called mixed martial arts, and it's pretty complicated. What's your like, where do you specialize? Because I know that some people specialize in the, the wrestling part. Some people are really good at the boxing. Some people are good with kicks. Um, is it possible to have someone who's good at everything? Or do you have to specialize in something and have knowledge in the other disciplines? Because I can't imagine a perfect boxer who's also perfect at BJJ and also perfect at kicks and also perfect at grappling. I don't think that's possible. How does it? How do you decide your focus on? Do you? How how does that happen? Well, that's a very complex and intriguing, you know, idea. How to you know to look at that thing? It it depends on the body type. 
it depends on the mentality who is beneath these hands and be beneath these legs what kind of a mentality do we have um, you can't have a perfect fighter but that perfect fighter needs to uh, how can I say it like me personally I prefer when the person against me who I'm fighting with uh, when he's thinking about something I want to do something else you know not to fight against his will in order you know to, to be over him about certain thing I want you know to to utilize on him on a in a different way you know there's always at least seven different ways to get to a certain target so basically yeah you can oh you can have a developed fighter but most of the fighters when they have a strong side they prefer to develop it because you know that's something like a death trap let's compare it like with connor connor has a dead uh, death uh, left hook whoever he touches that guy's going out you know that's the so-called death 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 touch Habib is good at takedowns he can take you down and you're not gonna move from there so basically these are the death traps which these people you know developed in order you know to get you there so they can get what they want from you so basically that's the entire thing like establish your game uh, and that's the that's the beautiful part of the sport because you can meet a kickboxer against a wrestler you know the wrestler is going to wrestle him you know for a couple of rounds the kickboxer can kick him you know can hit him in whatever a strange of a combo or whatever and you know the fight can end in a different manner the wrestler can take him down can choke him out and the fight can end in, in a different way as well everything can happen that's the cool part the most skilled guy can stand against the most unskillful guy and if the timing is not appropriate for the most skillful guy he can lose against the most unskillful guy that's absolutely normal and that's absolutely possible. That's absolutely possible. What's your what's your specialty? What's your death trap? I mm, low kicks. Depends. Depends. What's well, like? What's your secret to, weapon? I. You, well, we don't we don't have any MMA fighters listening to the about podcast. Me because worry. I was a coach and you know I've taught myself you know to fight different body types you know i've always taught myself how how to counter different styles different body styles lengths you know how to cut angles and basically my playing is always counter-attacking so that counter-attacking is not like something like a dead trap but it's you know i'm always adjusting against the opponent always in order you know to hit that guy you must dig a couple a couple of places before that so you can get to that point where you want to be it's it's a complex thing it's a very complex thing like 
there are different types types of strikers, different types of wrestlers as well. Uh, the Jiu-Jitsu guys, they have a lot of submissions, a lot of, you know, keys, locks. Uh, mainly they wrestle on the ground, you know. Uh, they have, they use a lot of hooks and uh, the wrestlers are the other style. Mainly when they get you on the ground, they just squeeze you, they control you, you know, in these uh, positions. They have a lot of keys, they have a lot of chokes as well. Uh, the strikers, uh, attackers, counters, recounters. You know, it's always different. Kickboxers, Muay Thai fighters, boxers. A lot of people uh, prefer, you know, to mix uh, boxing with Jiu Jitsu. A lot of people prefer to mix uh, Muay Thai with wrestling. You know, it's always different. It's always different. It, all, it always depends on the body type, on the, on the person behind behind the camera if you know what I mean <laughs> so when you said it depends on people and finding different people yeah exactly what's what's it like when you when you're in a ring because I don't think many people I don't think that the majority of people in general have been into to a fight and, and I'm not talking about a fight in a ring um, I'm, I'm talking about just a, a, a maybe a street fight or like if like a situation somewhere where you're going to a fight, and I've always wondered for someone who does it on a regular basis, how what's it like when you face an opponent? Do you what goes on? What like what do you try to put in your hand? Because I've I've read and heard about all these different techniques where you try to like you know get rid of any emotions you might have or. Or maybe like the other way around, try to like con conjure a lot of anger and try to fight. Um, do you feel sorry for your opponents? What do you feel about your opponents? Do you like how what goes on in your head? How do you manage that? Well, since you said that, there are certain lessons which my coach taught me, and the first one is on the ring. There are no friends. There's no friends on the ring. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the second one is like, why should you feel sorry about the person who wants to fight you as well? On the other side, you must see him as a blank face. Because basically, when you confront each other, when you collide, uh, you're skill against skill. Who's better? So you shouldn't, you know, get get that thing personally because if you get it personally, I've seen a lot of a lot of guys, you know, back in the backstage, they're like, ah, I'm gonna smash him before the fight, you know, they're smashing the gloves and everything. They get out after one minute, they come back, you know, beating the shit out of them and everything, and you know they've lost. Oh, and you know, and I was seeing them, and, and I was like, okay, you're gonna beat the shit out of him. How are you going to beat the shit out of him? I know that you're going to beat the shit out of him, but how, you know, with a co what combination, you know, how are you going to do it? What's your path to get where you want to be? You know, because mm -hmm. a lot of people were, you know, like you've said it, uh, primal. 
you know, like a horse running in front of the uh, in front of a, a wall. But you know, what's the point in that? So yeah, since since you've said that, I remember I had one fight, and you know, there was a guy who was you know making major takedowns. No, you know, I was watching him. I knew that he was in my category. Uh, on the next fight, we were going to fight against each other. I stood in front of him and, you know, I started sh shaking with my hands. Basically, that's a body sign that, you know, your hands are reaching to, you know, to get him. Everybody's gonna notice that. The moment he saw that, he started, you know, doing his takedown. Immediately, you know, I've, I've just, you know, thrown a kick. He ate that between the eyebrows and, you know, he got splitted, blood started splitting everywhere. We've made the entire mattress, you know, a whole mess. You know, it was a mess. It was a chaos, you know, but my, my point is like, okay, you're seeing him that, you know, he's going for a takedown. Let him go, let him come for that takedown, but, you know, make him do that whenever you want him to do that. So you can counter it. You know. Okay. That was the main thing. Okay. Yeah, I would not like to have a knee to the head. <laughs> well, not exactly knee, a shin, but yeah, something like it. Yeah, any form of kick to my face. Touching <laughs> my forehead is probably gonna fuck me up real good. Yeah. Well, I don't think that th that thing hurts a lot. The thing is that the skin there is uh, really thin and it rips apart really easily. So what does your, how does your training look like when you were peaking in your MMA training? So when you hit your peak, like, Ooh. do you have a period when you can say that everything was just going peak for you? Training was going amazing, fights were going great. You were learning lots of new things. How does a day, an average day of a, of a fighter look like? Like a, a training day? Let's say that my peak was something between 2015 and 2017, that training period, because I was always training. I cannot say exactly when, but you know, then I was winning competitions. I was fighting profit fights. It was good. It were good times. So, you know, I was coaching a lot in my gym. Uh, basically, how my day started was starting. I was waking up. I was having, you know, my meal, some oats, some eggs, and I was jumping inside the fitness gym. I was doing, you know, a couple of weight special drills, some pad working, shadow boxing. Afterwards, you know, was chilling out a lot, smoking a joint, eating some stuff, you know, taking some stuff, some some baths. It, it was always depending. Uh, afterwards, uh, I was getting prepared. I was pre prepared. I was going back to the fitness. I was drinking, you know, some preparing stuff, some boosters, some pre-workouts, you know, some amino acids, stuff like that. I was going inside the gym and I was having 15 rounds with the boxers before my training session starts. 
Afterwards, the, boy, the boys were coming in my gym, you know, because we were on different shifts. The boxing, the boxing sessions were before us, and afterwards, we, it was us in the gym. Uh, the boxers were 20 guys, and we were something like t between 30 and 40 guys, maybe, something like it. Uh, I was having 15 to 20 rounds between, you know, with, with the boxers, and afterwards I was, you know, having 10 or 15 more with the MMA guys, with my guys. Afterwards, we were having five to six rounds with wrestling, and then we were doing some conditioning. In the end of the night, I was always gathering with some friends in my house, and you know, we were having a chill out. That was my whole lifetime for a couple of years, three or four, maybe. It was nice. It was a good self-developing developing, developing process. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I came. Yeah, I came home one summer, and I came to a couple of workouts and a couple of chill out sessions. And yeah, those workouts, damn, that was some, that was some crazy shit. Will, have you ever worked out with Myro? No, not really. I, uh, he showed me some basic move once, but not a workout. I don't think we've ever worked out together. We should do it definitely. Yeah, one lovely day after this. <clears throat> After this fucking lockdown thing is over, yeah, uh, we'll definitely do a workout together. It's a lot of um, uh, they call it uh, explosive stuff. I think. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, a lot of explosive. That's actually that's not what I'm used to. So it's probably going to be really hard for me. I'm usually used to strength training and stuff like that. But <clears throat> and maybe. I wouldn't say a lot of rest, but at least thirty seconds in between sets, which is uh, a lot for your for your rest probably. Mm, it's good. It's good. Well, basically, we're having five minute rounds with one minute rest between them. That's, right. That's the basic one. How long? How long does a? Uh, can you can you actually walk us through a workout of yours? Just pick any workout you like. Maybe your favorite workout, and just share us. Well, share it with us. since you said explosive movements, uh, let's get through uh, the Monday training session. So you get a basic warm-up, afterwards you have an advanced warm-up, which uh, includes animal drills, something like monkey, walk monkey walking, crocodile walking, chicken walking, whatever this silly stuff is, basically whoever is interested can get inside my Facebook page and he can watch some videos. He can get, you know, informed about that stuff. Uh, afterwards, we do a couple of rounds of shadow boxing and then we take light dumbbells. We do some explosive uh, exercises which are meant to evolve your explosive muscles inside your body. So you're going to be able to hit faster, harder, stronger with the time. Uh, we do a lot of jumping in order to, uh, you know, improve your movements, you know, the kicking, the kicking power, the knee power, the defense as well, the speed, you know, the endurance of the legs is really important as well. Uh, after the um, explosive training, which is something like, let's say, 20 to 30 sets with... Uh, 
10 to 20 repeats in every set depends you know on the exercises you change the exercises for four to five sets between each other uh, basically afterwards we do um, technical drills uh, two, two uh, combined striking and afterwards two combined on the ground wrestling uh, you shouldn't do more than two because uh, the human uh, mind cannot process it because that's too much info first you're training the body physically and then you're training the mind as well because that technical drilling is mainly not training your body but it's training your mind and it's getting him tired as, getting it tired as well yeah yeah it's um okay. it, it's it's a very weird feeling uh and you, you can you don't really get that when you when you do our kinds of working out um but so yeah, describe it then it's like so like I, it happened to me today because we went for a little workout today because I've, I've been like the gyms are locked and um i'm i have a little ghetto set up that i stole from myro i just set up a bunch of pads on a on a pole when I work on my punches, so I've been working on my on my shots. Um, so my was visiting today anyway, so I really wanted him to just to do some pad work with him, just hit the pads a little bit. So it's the feeling like when you train your mind, you like I feel it in two different ways. Uh, the first way I feel it is when he's giving me a drill. He says, "Do left, then do hook, then do right, then do a kick, or whatever." And then I do it, then he makes me do the same thing, like, I don't know, six times in a row. But on the seventh time, he switches something out without telling me. Like, he would, instead of ma making me do a kick, he would make me do another punch. Or after I throw a punch, instead of, doing a instead of giving me the pad to do a kick, he goes to punch me and I have to, like, block counterattack. So this is like the way like he kind of forces you to be aware at all times. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to force you to be aware at all times. And on the receiving end, is someone who's not that he's not deep into this kind of training or fighting in general, like on the receiving end, it feels like it 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 kind of like shocks you a little bit because you you're expected to do like you're expected you're expecting to do the the same drill. You're expecting to to land the same shot, but then something different happens. Because you go, because you just go through the motions. Yeah. but it's actually you're supposed to be yeah. aware during the motions. Yeah, you have to be aware. And then right. when you do it a couple yeah, of more times, cool. yeah, when you do it a couple of more times, like then, like I kind of like feel like, like subconsciously, you kind of start seeing these little patterns. Like you see the movement of his shoulder. And you can kind of tell that he's going to throw a left punch or you can try to see where he's looking or whatever. So this is like how it feels on the other side. Like when, so the side I described before, like when you get like surprised and you, you almost get like this little shock. It's like when it's like you're receiving this kind of feel, feel, feeling for the first time. And then on the other side, it's kind of like you, you can kind of read it kind of like, kind of not like, obviously he can, he still surprises me because you know, I'm not, I'm not experiencing that, but yeah, it's, it's like trying to force you to be aware that in a real fight, being on the street or in a, in the ring, nobody's going to tell you, I'm going to come at you with a left punch and a right, com yeah, right, left punch, right punch combo, 
whatever. It's the purest thing. Uh, it's the purest yeah. form of unpredictability, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. That's that's how I that's how I feel. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we we never get those. Like you no, know, no, you don't. You know, in a regular yeah, because yeah, like workout, yeah, if you workout. if you're doing like a set of pull-ups, you're not gonna we don't surprise yourself by yeah. you know punching yourself or going for like a surprise push-up. <laughs> the surprising thing would be like if the bar falls or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, and, yeah. and so you I, drop from the bar. Let me add yeah. that one, guys. You know that one. Uh, do you remember from Fight Club? Uh, you know nothing about yourself if you haven't been in a fight. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you you learn shit about yourself when when you're in a fight. Even like if you're sparring, you kind of learn shit about yourself. Like you can, you can probably like learn how compassionate you are. Or how fucked up you are in, in a fight in 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 what terms of hmm? what do you mean like let's say, say like, well let's say like say look in you can learn like um like if you're sparring or I don't know if you're going for a regular fight maybe like you kind of like feel like you know like Myra said like oh don't feel sorry for the guy because like he's there to fight you too but then regardless like you know that for a fact but you still kind of feel like you still don't want to throw your full full power punch or maybe you're going the other way of the spectrum maybe you find out that you can compose yourself to a situation and like get really aggressive or whatever so yeah you can learn a lot of things about i think you can learn a lot of things about yourself when you're going to a fight just key you can discover key aspects of your character that you you never thought they were part of it oh my do you think that you can do that in training as well or does it have to be a real danger well fight? it it can be everywhere believe me i had cases in the gym where a lot of people you know they show what kind of a dickheads are they you know <laughs> just you know in the first minute you know they're throwing like idiots you know they're you know fighting for their life and everything you're 10 inch smaller than them, you know, 20 centimeters smaller than 20 kilos or whatever. But anyways, you know, they're throwing like fucking pigs and you know, you're like, okay, whoop, whoop. You know, you double the first one, you block the other one. But after the fifth one, the sixth one, you're like, okay, motherfucker, it's on, you know, you know, you're going to beat the shit out of him, you know, who's going to wait for him. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Well, I had a lot of scenarios. First shot, second shot, fourth one, sixth one, on the seven and on the eight, it's like motherfucker, it's on. It's just on. So, so, would you say that you had a situation where you had to beat a guy up, but you didn't want to? Well, because of the fact that I'm more experienced, I have a lot of ways to get to where I want to be, like I've said it before. Like a lot of people who come and you know they're just swinging for it. Uh, basically, they get the liver shot every time. Liver shot. Yeah. Liver can you explain? Can you explain to the listeners what what's a liver shot? Well, Punches your liver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, but like, can you can you explain why is it such a stopper? Oh, yeah, or maybe yeah, yeah. oh, because the liver contains a lot of blood, and when you hit it, the entire blood of the body is getting there. And a lot of the a lot of the people were losing, you know, consciousness because of that. The ho- the entire blood of the body is going immediately to the liver. 
because you're suppressing right. it with the with the punch you're suppressing it like a sponge and mm-hmm. when he opens up he's you know he's pulling a lot of blood inside him and that's why the people are you know fading down all right so that's kind of like their getaway from jail card like you hit them in the yeah. liver and you stop them in their tracks well with the with the pants always like i've said will like i've said it will it's a fight you can always go in a different paths you can always get down the guy you know get him tired on the ground you know get him down a couple of times since he's not experienced or since he's not good in wrestling he's gonna use a lot of energy to get up let him to get up three times, take him down on the fourth time, he's not going to be able to get up. And willingly, he's going to give up, you know, that's... But that's, uh, how can I say it, you know, the beginner's fighter mentality. A lot of people, you know, are mentally, mentally, you know, how can I say it, pumped by YouTube, you know, YouTube warriors, Instagram warriors, whatever, you know, they watch some videos, they watch some fights, and then, you know, they put on the gloves, they go inside the gym and they, you know, start thinking that they're on a killing spree. But it's not like that. You know, a lot of people can fight and, you're, you know, they're going to wait for you. They're going to wait for you. You're going to swing for a three minutes. After you get tired, it's going to be, oh, what's, go- what was go- what's, what's going on? Are you tired? I thought you wanted to have a fight. Mm. Come on, let's fight. Let's fight now. Right. You know, why are tired? And you know, a lot of people, you know, are quitting after the third minute. Come on, bro, the, the round is five minutes. And you need to, you know, get to the end of that. At least get to the end of the first round. You know, I'll, and that's a major thing in the mentality of the people, which is kind of sad, kind of sad. Right, boys, we are hitting, we're over the 50 million mark as always, and we try to keep it an hour-ish. So I've got a suggestion on how to finish up. We had a podcast episode where me and Will talked about the lessons that we learned after 10 years of working out. Um, So my question to you is, if you could pick the top three things you've learned, your three most valuable lessons you've learned in all of your training, it could be about training itself or mentality what would be your top three picks <sighs> my top three picks and something you can like if you could go back before you started training or like at any point of your training what would come, you come back what would you say to yourself like what would you do better what would you do different number one uh, that's uh, whenever you're angry whenever your head is in a bad place just go somewhere just have a nice training session you know train your butt out and then when your head is on a better place just go and solve the problem that always worked for me whenever I didn't you know done that I was always doing some stupid stupid stuff stupid shit which I wasn't happy for afterwards so that's number one. Whenever your head is in a bad place, whenever you're in a bad mood, just go have a nice workout and then when you're calmer, get back to it. Second one, uh, whoever is training in fighting sports, 
Sports is not everything. Uh, sports can develop you in a certain way which is going to be very possible for you in your future you know in your development you know but applying these skills which you've uh, gathered from the sport in life in work in the family in um, relationships that's the real key how to succeed in life that's number two. Uh, sports not not everything. Number three, uh, like you've asked me about the ego. If you want to succeed in any kind of sport, uh, throw your ego in the back of the maze or in the wardrobe or whatever. Just throw your ego. And every day try to unlock yourself, try to do different things, listen to people, not always, you know, um, uh, believe that everything is right, but listen to people, uh, compare whatever you think that is real and adjust it on you. That's number three. Always show your ego, develop and de develop that's it definitely not great about the ego all so, right that was uh i, lo I, I love the did the first one yeah about the anger yeah yeah working out working on such fucking great therapy it's 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 an it's unbelievable how much of a good therapy it is i think uh, yeah i think like if it wasn't for working out i would be i don't know I just always think that if it wasn't for working out, I wouldn't be as mentally stable as I pride myself to be. In terms of like, I, I don't, agree. yeah, in terms of like, if I'm in a tough situation in life, or if something happens that's unpredicted, or if, if it's just, just is some shit going on, I, I really pride myself on having a resi resilient mind that I can cut through the, cut through the initial negative knee jerk reaction and yeah. and focus on things and i really truly believe that uh working out and every time like i've done that every time i've i've just felt angry or or sad or anything i've always gone for workout it's always boosted my mood it's always made me think see clear uh, so yeah i definitely, definitely think working out is, is an amazing tool to to keep your mind resilient well, that was it. That was a great episode. Thank you for coming on the show, Myro, and sharing your Thank you. experience no with fighting. Worries. It was a pleasure. It was it was great talking to you. Um, and yeah, hopefully anyone that listened to the whole thing. Thank you for anyone that listened to the whole thing to the end. Hopefully you've picked up um, some insights from the, the world of fighting and also some insights of what fighting is actually about because... You know, when you look at it from the side, it's just two guys beating the shit out of each other, but it's it's it, it's very much more complicated and 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 deep than it actually looks. Like Myro describes it, described it to me one time. It's like playing chess, but you when you lose moves, you pay with your body. So yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. <laughs>